Today's episode of The Post Game is, of course, brought to you by Red Truck Beef Jerky. Again, that's Red Truck Beef Jerky. Use promo code POSTGAME15 for 15% off your order. Please start going to order. You know, we want this to be our full-time job, and we can't do that unless everybody that's listening is buying beef jerky. So get off your ass and go buy some. Today, we have a really good episode for you. We briefly touch on the merger, um, although we did touch on that in, uh, and go in-depth in an emergency pod that we, re- we released on Thursday. We have a follow-up from last week's episode about um, Paul's Lacrosse League. That account got shut down. Um, we give you an update on the first week of our podcast, where you can expect it to go. Um, we touch on the PLL Top 50 and then we have a very special Red Truck Beef Jerky Twitter beef of the week with Dominic Vianotti getting called out by his parents. If you didn't see that, head on over to my Twitter and the post game and Evan's Twitter. Get a good background and then we'll go in depth. And then I'm not kidding when I say this has to be one of the best episodes that we'll ever have. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to Blaze. And yeah, that's uh, that's it. Evan, how are, uh, how are you doing from the release of our first episode, which seems like five years ago last Tuesday? I'm doing great. It was a uh, whirlwind a bit. We had an emergency episode on the first week, but I'm just getting used to being a, a pod co-host now. It's it's a lot of work. I uh, got to keep on the Twitter. I got a mic, which I'm hoping I'm coming through clearer for all the uh, listeners, but I'm fully invested in this. So I hope you're all fully invested in us. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It was it was good feedback we got. Seems like everybody's really you know engaged with the podcast. So I'm excited to keep bringing out some episodes. Yeah, it's uh uh, going back and re-listening, it's funny, you know, we, we're, we're taking steps to address the mouse clicks, the background noise, this and that. Um, bear with us while we do that. Thank you for keeping us humble. Evan got a microphone. I upgraded my computer system to uh, combat that. So the, the audio of this intro should be really good before jumping into some shitty audio with Blaze. But um, hopefully halfway through season one, we're going uh, we're gonna, to we're gonna figure it out. Um, no, if but you couldn't, and, if you couldn't tell, we have no idea what we're doing Yeah, from no, our no social clue. media to our audio. It's we're learning as we go for sure. And my goodness, does time fly when, <laughs> when we recorded this episode with blaze, we thought it would be perfect. Little did we know the PLL top 50 would come out. Blaze would get pissed about it on Instagram. Uh, Sergio Salcido would be talking about how nobody voted for him because he's Republican. Everybody's bitching about their, their spot. And then the uh, the humble police are coming out saying, you know, I'm just super appreciative to be respected by my peers. Um, so it, it's been all over the place. But we did record this uh, this interview with Blaze before the PLL Top 50. So you won't, unfortunately, hear uh, any live reactions from that. But um, no, I mean, honestly, it was a whirlwind from releasing to getting chirps to getting compliments um, a good amount of feedback from actual PLL players um, and soon to be PLL players from the MLL. Um, and, you know, you get the classic parents, family saying, hey, maybe you could just swear less. And I'm like, shut up, dad. And don't listen to my podcast. God. Um, yeah. My no, mom overall, was, overall, it's been my a mom was trying to shut me down real quick. Too many fucks for my mom. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. try to pull it back. She was like, you sound so much better when you say freaking the one time. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, I don't even remember saying that. But <laughs> So, yeah, I, now I'm like conscious that my dad's just going to be roasting me, especially with holidays right around the corner. I don't want to be, you know, the cherry on top of a politics 
Sunday at the <laughs> dinner table. But um, let's briefly touch on the merger. I know we went over it in depth. Anything uh, in your, you know, your mind that has changed since we recorded on Thursday um, or, or any, uh, any different takes that we didn't go over? Yeah, I think one thing that we kind of breezed over was just the fact that it's only one team that's getting added to the league and it's a lot of players. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of vets uh, on their way out in the, in the PLL. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if those guys get kind of forced out by like some young tech, cause a lot of young guys get to go, have to go to the MLL cause there's no room in the PLL and they're like, you know, first team all Americans coming out of college and shit like that. So it'll be interesting to see like, if there's any politics in that, like guys not getting a chance, it'd be a shame if like, you know, guys like Bradley Voigt are on the outside looking in because, you know, someone who graduated from college in 2004 is still playing in the PLL and, and has some ties there. So I think that'll be really interesting and will probably cause a lot of buzz on social media. I got my yeah. fingers crossed for you though, buddy. I think that tweet from the uh, Redwoods <laughs> yeah. was, was big for you. I think they're uh, locking you in. Yeah. With the Redwoods giving me a shout out today saying it's a Nick Osolo appreciation post that has me way more optimistic than when the week started. <laughs> um, with that being said, couldn't agree more to your point. A lot of the players are uh, a little concerned I'll say with um, who are the best players that don't have any social media following? Like, is that going to be taken into account? Um, and while it's nice to say that it shouldn't be um, at the end of the day, you know, you have to try and put push your marketing players forward. So I, I think, you know, the, the on-field product is going to be far and away the best lacrosse we'll ever see, but I think it's going to get real interesting with, you know, the practice spots, who they're going to keep around on the team, what their media strategy is going to be. Um, and, you know, shit, that's my Hail Mary. You know, this podcast blows up and they cut me, then I, you know, free reign to go play in the mud. I but, think that's a great, I think that's a great point though. And it's definitely something to consider. And like, I mean, kind of the other side of that is, if, if you're going to say things like that, then you have to be willing to step back and not you personally, but it's going to sound like you. I'm talking, it's going to sound like I'm talking about you, but if you feel that way, you also have to be willing to like step back and let somebody who's like better for the product that's going to be on the field, like step in, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's going to be interesting to see like how that shakes out, but I get both sides of it. I think that's, we talked a little bit about, you know, the rock and the hard place that Rabel's constantly in between making these decisions. I think that's going to be added to it for sure. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just going to be very curious because people are already, you know, everybody's already mad. Like, you know, I just saw some angry fans stop bitching about how the outlaws aren't going to be a team anymore, yada, yada. Um, but I think there's just going to be a whole new wave of just angry middle schoolers on social <laughs> media uh, that are just backing their favorite player because of, you know, some bullshit reason. Right. So Speaking of that, um, the comments are just going to be shit shows. And what we touched on with our uh, Cav episode last week is Paul's Lacrosse League. A lot of you guys reached out and we're like, who is <laughs> a lot of you guys, like five people reached out. And we're saying, what's this account? Where can I find it? And it has since been deleted. So I don't know what happened. Um, there were some rumors that a private investigator was hired to go find out who was running the account and there was someone attached with it that shouldn't. We're not a rumor spreading podcast, but the fact that everything's on the table just shows that if Paul's Lacrosse League as a shit show Twitter account or Instagram account is going to cause this much fuss, get ready for, you know, a, a huge wave of troll bullshit 
coming in when rosters are starting to get released and everything like that. But um, yeah, congrats to whoever figured out who ran that and got it shut down. That guy, uh, while he certainly was funny, was also kind of a scumbag and would push the uh, push the limit <laughs> way past where we needed it to be. Yeah. So I, I want to save face a little bit here because people who are definitely aware of it were listening to us say like, it's pretty funny. <laughs> then looking back and probably two weeks after we said that they really got out of line with some of the stuff they're posting, getting very political, very aggressive and stuff that probably wasn't so funny. Um, so Nick and I sounded like scumbags, like, yeah, this account's hilarious. And then people are like DMing us, asking us about it. And it got deleted because it, it did step over the line. So <laughs> I'd say, I think everybody's like aware of the like lax expose account. It started to get into those murky waters. So that's why it got shut down, I think, or that's the straw that broke the camel's back to get the private investigator on them. But yeah, I did want to save face for the post game because we do not endorse that kind of behavior on social media. Yeah. Uh, it, there's been a, there's been a pretty big resurgence. I've been uh, getting some DMs, some anonymous, you know, created in November, 2020, that guy had that hilarious chirp saying like, nobody wants a wine. That was great. That can't score. I, I thought that you, was, you know what I have to appreciate. I really appreciate about you and more people have to do is your appreciation for a good chirp. That hmm. guy just cut you down and you're like, by all means, you came out of it being anonymous. It was a good little exchange, but that was, that was a good chirp by him. I was laughing. Uh, dude, like, I'll, I'll always appreciate a good chirp. I, I would have loved to, like, know who that is to, like, actually give him props. Um, but <laughs> That'll never happen. It, yeah, it's, it's like the shitty balance of, like, for, for every God-tier chirp, like, that one, there's, like, five people DMing me, like, hey, go kill yourself. And I'm like, well, that's not funny or creative. That's just mean. So, <laughs> you know, and uh, and we'll, we'll just cut right to this. But sometimes you have to be careful if you attach your name to it because your parents might find out and you might be a teenager if you're in middle school and you're chirping and saying that two of your saying that both your dads are like gonna do weird <laughs> shit um sometimes your parents are going to take over that account and issue a public apology and kick you off of twitter for the time being so uh, yeah, so God. let's let's wind this back again. This is the Red Truck Beef Jerky Twitter Beef of the Week presented by our great partners at Red Truck Beef Jerky. So I'm gonna butcher this kid's name because it's so Italian it hurts. Nick, you might have a better chance, but it's Dominic Vianati. Uh, yeah, um, hey, my guy Dominic. <laughs> that Dominic. was pretty good. I kind of Dami Salami. Yeah, I kind of put something on that too. After saying for Carol last week, I got good at talking Italian. But anyway, why don't you give the background of just like what? he was saying like, I don't think he said anything too bad, but then out of nowhere, his parents just tweeted at you off his account. Yeah. So, so the, this, this kid actually is kind of a legend and the way that it started is he was asking us. And I think like, um, I can't, I can't remember like um, another blog. We might have to edit that in, but he was asking about if we could get shout outs on the podcast and I responded, no. And the way that he um, came up with it is he just said, your podcast sucks. Can I get a shout out? And I was like, no, like what? That That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. And then he tagged you in it and then said, hey, Evan, can you give me a shout out? And you said, fuck no. So we're actually <laughs> halfway instigating. And I, I had kind of forgot about it and, and all this stuff. But if you just go through his profile, it's it's pretty fantastic. Hey, Nick, the podcast suck. Can you give me a shout out on the next one? No. And he's just, you know, just kind of acting like a fool. And the tweet from today says we have 
We've recently been made aware of Dominic's Twitter account and would like to apologize to Nick Osell on Lax Factor for his behavior. Dom needs to learn the importance of representing his family in a respectful manner online and will not have access to this account until we feel like he's learned his lesson. Please forgive his rude comments and continue being advocates for the game of lacoste. Gio and Paulina Vianotti. First off, all I have un- after unbelievable. After I read that, when I read that, the first thing that came to my head is what a Hall of Fame Italian name Giovanni Vianotti is. I I love this family. <laughs> I was so I was actually talking with them in the DMs, and I was like, "Listen, you know, everybody oversteps. Sometimes I certainly have made mistakes. Like, I'm glad that he has parents that are calling him out. Um, but for him to just get blindsided by his parents and for them to put it out publicly, that's going to be the best lesson this guy ever learns. Um, yeah, I, I was talking with someone, <laughs> so and they were like, funny. I wish he comes out and like the first tweet from his post actual grounding is like tripling down and calling someone a snitch and just like going <laughs> berserk. Um, but no, that was uh, that's the red truck beef jerky beef of the week. Um, yeah, any so you guys can expect that whenever whenever there is a Twitter beef worth mentioning, we're not gonna we're not gonna give you shitty Twitter beef, so we're not gonna commit to this weekly. But hopefully, Twitter stays hot and we have some fun things to talk about. But yeah, you can yeah. expect some more red truck beef jerky, Twitter beefs. Shit, I wish we had this prior to the bubble. Could have been a good rundown. Oh my god. Well, we might yeah, have yeah. to do like some throwback. We could yeah, we can beef. do a throwback when stuff gets boring. Um speaking of Twitter beefs, uh, another big thing that everybody had their panties in a bunch about was the top 50, um, both from players and from fans alike. Um, as someone who was on the outside looking in, so close was- though. Yeah, I'd say 52. I think you're 52. <laughs> um, I wasn't too surprised by anything. I mean, you have two takes as a player. One, you care and you kind of look like an asshole. And two, you recognize that it's pretty much like voting for the prom king. Nobody really gives a shit. I just throw in all my best friends, usually at the top and like the best players. Um, but some Wait, people can you think- actually run, are you able allowed to run through? We can cut this if not, but are you able to run through like that process? They just email you like list your top 50 and then they like compare who's ranked where. Yeah. So, so they email all the players and they say, it's time for PLL top 50, but top 50 players in the world. And then they literally like, it's, I can't remember what platform they use, but it's pretty slick where like you go to the number one, you can scroll down. They have it sorted by like goalies, middies, attack D and then you choose, um, you know, like I, I always choose Tom Schreiber as number one because he's the best fucking player of all time. <laughs> um, and I just choose him. And then like you just go down the list and you drop down. So it's a very simple process. And then they just take the aggregate, you know, Got one it. point is with 50 points or whatever it is. So it's pretty simple. Um, but man, like for how petty pro lacrosse players are, you know, the list is going to be a little skewed. <laughs> Voted on by the most, you know, out of their mind, you know, Arrogant. very, very thin skinned <laughs> peers. Um, I don't know. What were your immediate reactions as like the biggest snubs and surprises? Yeah. I mean, I think let's get the Rabel thing out of the way. I think everybody yep. kind of had the same take. Like he shouldn't have been on it. I mean, it, it, we talked about this before since we had to record this intro 60 times, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, he probably shouldn't have been in the top 50 if it was based on last year. But to your point, he is one of the best players of all time. So could you argue you probably shouldn't be on it? And there are definitely guys that could have been on it over him. Yes. Like, are you that surprised that he's on it? Probably not, but he's Paul Rabel and he's going to get chirped. I think that was a, a pretty low hanging fruit for to cause some buzz, but I mean, 
right when I saw his name, I knew that the comments were going to be like, how the fuck is he on there? And people are going to be on Twitter. And then as the list went on and certain people realized that they weren't going to be on it, they started coming back. Like, how are these people on it? So, I mean, that, that probably wasn't a big surprise that he was on there, but definitely a buzzworthy. Um, well, topic. I love that. I love that they don't give any criteria because it was it just from this past season or is it completely overall? Cause anybody can have a shitty bubble. Um, the, you know, the, the cherry picking example being Connor Fields, like he was what number four last year and dropped all the way off. Like he's a, absolutely a top 50 player, right? but you know, so is Rabel. But if we're basing it off of the, but only the bubble performance, neither of them should have been in the top 50. Um, and then you have people who are just losing their minds. Uh, the, the hottest take that I saw was Salcedo saying that like, because he was Republican, he didn't get voted into the top 50. I didn't, I truly didn't understand how that was correlated whatsoever. Um, I thought it was pretty crazy. Pat Harbison wasn't on it. Um, that's my Redwoods Homer pick and John Sexton. I feel like those are two pretty damn good players. Yeah. Um, and then Jesse King is a damn good player. I think he should have been rated higher. And honestly, like I, I think it's a pretty well-known fact. I'm not the biggest fan of the Atlas, but for Ryan Brown and Eric Law to be where they are um, is... Well, was Ryan Brown on it? Oh, actually, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. If they were on any other team, like, they're on it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, Eric was, I think, 35. Oh, yeah, Eric was. Yeah, Eric was. Yeah, you're right. And Ryan Brown wasn't on it. And so that that just kind of says it all right there. Um, get your shit together and request a trade, Eric and Ryan. Would love to see what you guys can do. And then... Side note was, um, shit, who did I have? Um, no, that, that was pretty much it. it was Eric Law and, and Ryan Brown. I couldn't even remember what I was going to say. It was yourself, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely <laughs> myself. How did I, you know, team goose egg? And I think, uh, I think Chris Mazone was another big one, but probably just because he's got the worst look of all time on the field. People <laughs> <laughs> for him, like... You could probably have five goals and people be like, that kid did not have fucking five goals. Did you see him? But uh, he was definitely a big snub. I thought he had a good summer. I did um, too. I it, it is it is noteworthy that something, I think the next big announcement that will come from the PLL or should come from the PLL is something like either a player's union or a salary cap or or something along those lines. Because quite frankly, like you just look at Michael Earhart, Matt Rambo, Joe Nardella, and Kyle Burnlore, like those guys are going to, if this league is ran like the NFL or, you know, another professional series league, those guys need are going to be offered max contracts yeah. from any other team in the league. Like, you know, I know the Redwoods struggled with faceoffs. I know other teams are struggling with faceoffs. They would kill to have Nardella and Earhart on the wing or an attackman like Rambo. So I thought it was pretty interesting that like, you know, you, you see a very whips top heavy, you know, and like credit to them, whatever. Bryce Young is probably going to be an asshole on Twitter about it. Um, <laughs> like they just have a ridiculously stacked team. And I'm curious to see, like, if I'm those players, I'm going to be like, well, unless I'm getting paid significantly more, why would I just leave? Why wouldn't I just keep sitting here cleaning up? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see I mean, how that's addressed. That's probably the easiest way to make money is to just be on the whips every year and keep fucking winning. Yeah. Like if you're not going to be able to get paid somewhere else. Yeah. That's so, a great point. Why I, isn't I, that I'm, fucking talked about more? People fucking got to get Joe Keegan on that. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it, again, it's like everybody's just kind of sitting back and cruising and, you know, thank God we had a season during COVID and then the top 50 come out and I'm like, shit, the fact that we even took that into overtime when you look at their roster versus a roster that had me on it, uh, <laughs> there, there should be something that happens in between now and yeah. then. Um, but I think, you know, between the merger, between everything, that'll be one of the next big pieces that kind of comes into play is salary caps, signing bonuses, trading, you know, I would love if they would make it public information too, you know, yeah, it'd be sick. Cause you know, I know, um, you know, I, I work with Brent Adams all the time and I think he's one of the best damn players in the world. So he got 50 and I know he wasn't making nearly as much as some other guys that had social media followings. And one of the ways that they do it in the NLL is they give you um, a playing contract. And then if you're, you know, a huge name guy, they give you like a media side contract um, and they make that information public to everyone. And they have a very, you know, a very, very good players union because, you know, most of the players are Canadian socialists. There's um, no incentives. Are there in the, for PLL contracts? Like you couldn't be like, if you're a top 10 player, I mean, I guess it's voted on by the players. So it'd have to change, but like, I mean, I'm, NFL NBA contracts are all like if you get first team NBA, if you're an all pro, you can make this amount of money. It'd be interesting to see. Like, I, mean, I feel like every lacrosse guy who thinks they're the best player in the world would take an all incentive based contract, but it would you're be interesting to see. It, but that's not really my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting though. Like, I mean, I feel like like Sergio Salcedo would definitely take an incentive based contract. Yeah. I don't know how many goals he has to have a season, but yeah, I'd be like, listen, if I get one, can I get like a hundred <laughs> yeah. bucks? Like, please? If I uh, match my point total of one of, Kobe assist <laughs> of one kind of, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shut up. All righty. I think we got to get into probably the biggest controversy on it. And of course this is our interview. So blaze had a pretty big, reaction to being number six on the list which i think is pretty good respect it's definitely the most respect that the goalie position has gotten but he was pretty outspoken that it's not getting enough respect uh what was your like pov on that were you did you have were you on a particular side or were you like team blaze there i i understood where he was coming from i thought it was a little over the top um because Yes, the goalie position needs a little bit of respect, which again, snub city was Dylan Ward. Like he was stuck behind Blaze and he's <laughs> one of the best goalies in the world. Um, and if you're, if like you're building a team, you should value like the faceoff guys and the goalies probably just as much, if not more, than any other attack. Um, so I, I certainly understand where he come, where he's coming from. I would understand it a little more if he was 15 and there wasn't a goalie in the top 10. Yeah. Um, so I just thought it was one of those, like, you know, everybody it's, it's the popularity contest, you know, you vote for the hot girl and <laughs> Schreiber and Rambo are kind of those top two, like, wow, they do really cool passes. They go behind the back. They do this, they do that. They post all the highlights. And then when you see a highlight of blaze, it's just a bunch of good saves. It's not as sexy. Yeah. So I understand that like the recency bias and, you know, me personally, I'm like, Ooh, shit. I wind up and expect to miss. Um, but if I'm guarding Schreiber, I, I'm like, I get scared on the field. <laughs> like there's just no way to guard him. <laughs> right. So I would put him way of over, you know, any goalie. So I think there was just a bunch of factors at play. And the reality of it is attack is just a lot sexier. Scoring goals is a lot sexier than it is saving goals and being in. So understand where he's coming from, but I don't know, as a goalie, what's your take? 
I honestly have like a hot take as a goalie, I think, because I see the value in the position. If you can take over from the goalie position that like Blaze did, then by all means, like you should be considered one of the best players in the league. That said, you do not need elite goalie play to win, like by any means. Whereas like another, like, do you need a midfielder who can draw a slide? Yes. Do you need an attackman who can draw a slide? An attackman who can feed, someone who can finish. Like you need all those. You could, if you look at the national championships, the teams that won and their goalies, I wouldn't be surprised if like maybe two of the last six have like a save percentage above like 54 or something like that. Maybe not shot clock error, but I'm just saying like, you don't need an elite goalie to win the Duke fucking teams with like Jordan Wolf. They had fucking Kyle Turry and Luke Aaron in that. And they had like four saves in the entire tournament. So like, you certainly don't need that. That said, if you have someone who's elite, it's, it's very similar to hockey, right? Like if you name the top five hockey players any given year, you're just going to rattle off like the McDavid, Dreisaitl, Crosby, whoever it may be. There's always, there's certain years though, like I'm trying to think of goalies who won on the spot NHL, maybe Dominic Hasek or like Carey Price have won like an MVP, like a Hart Trophy. They deserve that recognition. So I think that's kind of what he was saying. He was like at that level, but in my opinion, like it certainly doesn't warrant the same value as an attack man and things like that, just because it's all percentage based, right? Like you could still win a game with a goalie playing like shit. And if you have like a Rambo and he plays like shit, it's pretty hard to fucking win a game. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's kind of my take on it. I think another thing that sucks about it is it's kind of like quarterback and pitcher where you can't really hide. So it kind of sucks. Like if you're playing like shit, you can't really like throw the ball to someone else. Like if I'm attacking, getting eaten alive by Landis, I can't throw it to the guy getting guarded by Glazner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's the other thing that sucks is like, there's no hiding. So it does deserve respect. He's consistent and he's one of the best, but that's, that's kind of my take on it. I see both sides. Yeah. Way to, way to just explain both sides, but not really have a take at a girl. <laughs> um, all well, right. Well, we're not a political that? podcast, but we're, yeah, we're yeah. in training. All right. With that being said, let's actually uh, hear, I mean, we, we cover a number of topics. We cover his, uh, his time in high school, committing to Albany, his time at Albany, the MLL, the MLL, the PLL, um, I, I truly think this is one of the best interviews we'll have all, all, uh, all season one. Um, really excited to, uh, to share with you guys, Blaze Reardon in all of his, uh, in all of his glory and, um, get engaged. If you want to see something, uh, if you want someone on the pod, we're open in the DM. So Evan, anything before we kick it over to Blaze? Nope. Just going to say it again. It's the best interview in podcast history. The post game is extremely excited to have its next guest on. You know him as a former Albany goalie and man-up specialist. Did a stint with the Rattlers, currently a PLL Chaos goalie, as well as a Philadelphia wing forward. Ladies and gentlemen, Blaze Reardon. How's it going, buddy? Thanks for the intro, pal. Really appreciate it. Glad Did I miss anything? You got like the biggest resume in lacrosse. Yeah, you you missed a lot of things, but that's all right. We'll, we'll no, we don't need we don't need to talk about everything, really. The bandits. Keep it at that. I forgot about the bandits. Or the quick stint. Eighteen-year-old <laughs> Canadians will get you in the indoor league. Yeah. And Rochester native, I forgot that too, but we're good now. Now everybody's caught up. Yeah, now we're good to go. Well, thank so, you for taking the time and hanging with us while we got our janky podcast rolling. We really appreciate it. Um, what's up? How are how have things been since the bubble? Come on. 
you, you want you want to know everything or just minor details? Just the minor everything. details. No, no, everything. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know we haven't talked since. Um, we oh, actually, isn't it funny? The last time I ran into you, I was in my tank top in the bubble. Remember, we saw each other off the elevator. Yep, I we gave, well we, barely we remember. Gave each other the old sailor salute and kept moving on with our day. I thought the last time we said was uh, was when we were walking off the field at halftime when it was like a three-two bullshit game, and I distinct you remember what you said to me. I, I now I remember. I said we might need to bring some excitement into this game. <laughs> That's close. You were like, we're gonna have to give the people what they want, and then you you gave me this look like you were gonna come and fucking suplex me through Earth's crust again. And I just ran off into the locker room. But credit to us. We, I think we had the most boring game of the entire PLL bubble. Yeah, it's big time stuff. I mean, compared to last year's uh, fiasco, I, I'm, there, there wasn't much that was going to top that. So, <laughs> Yeah, fuck. But, uh, no, we, uh, again, really appreciate you um, hopping on. And we kind of just start out with some generic stuff before we actually dive in. Uh, when did you start playing? I started playing lacrosse when I was four years old, and um, yeah, got an early start. My dad uh, grew up playing and introduced me to it early, and haven't looked back since. Was your dad a legend, or was he kind of just like a mid-tier player? Or uh, he 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 he's like whiny. He he got better in time, and um, he didn't. He wasn't provided <laughs> every opportunity that I was, and. Um, he went to North Country Community College. He attended uh, JUCO for three years, where he was a three-time captain. And his uh, fav- his favorite lacrosse memory he tells about me is how they beat the Syracuse B team. Um, and he still tells that story to this day. But he's also still playing <laughs> to this day. Fifty-nine years old, going in for a knee replacement in two weeks, and he's still out uh, playing the game that that we all love. No shit. Good for him. That's a hell of an answer. Yeah. So he is a legend, but yeah, just not the best lacrosse player, which is fine. He still plays in Placid, and he still <laughs> goes out with the boys and wakes up and plays the early games when some of my friends can't even make it to the game. So in my it's mind, if you're 59 and you can do that, <laughs> that's legendary status. What's Papa Reardon's beverage of choice? What, what's, he get after, what's he get into? There's only one beverage of choice, and it's Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a it. guy. Simple man. It's not a choice. No, and he will prefer it in a can over anything, if not bottle and then draft. Damn. I so kind of want to sit down and have a beer with him, really. It, it, it's never one. Yeah. <laughs> is, he, is, he still, uh, is he still in Rochester? Uh, he is still in Rochester. He's actually in Aruba right now. It's funny. He sent me a, uh, a picture drag. today, and he said chaos in Aruba, and it was some dude in Aruba – with a chaos shirt on, and it ended up being Eric Scott's uncle who's on our team. <laughs> no idea they're going to be there. So he was fired up about that, and he said he was going to get a Tommy Bahama with him and, and talk chaos. So, God damn. I mean, it's rare you see anything chaos-related in public, let alone in Aruba. <laughs> God. There he is. Yeah. It's funny. it's funny, though, that it's funny that you start, you start with this and then you say you're going to dive in. Isn't there a scenario about diving in that – Did I ever ever tell you the story about that? I read about it. Well, as much as I can read, I had to skip over a couple of the words. (laughs) I read as much. I got the gist. You're not a great swimmer. 
first off, I'm a pretty damn good swimmer. Lesser men would have died in those currents. And the brief story is Steve Govett of the San Diego Seals, great guy. He was like, all right, first inaugural year of the Seals. Um, I was technically a part of the team. And they were like, go out and do something San Diego related to build hype, film it, and then we'll post it and everybody will be excited about it. So me and Apple, who, you know, we're, we academic probationed our way through Notre Dame. Um, we were like, all right, let's go cliff jumping. And we get there and we were like, let's make sure that we don't break our knee. Let's go at high tide. But, but it turns out it was like the highest tide of like two and a half years, like way too, too much. And it kind of just became like a toxic masculinity off. Cause we were like, dude, like I, like I'll, I mean, I'll jump. Like I didn't come all the way out here to pussy out. Are you going to jump? He was like, yeah, dude, I'm going to jump. Um, and it's funny people always ask me like, when did you knew you were screwed? The second my foot left and I had committed to it, I was like, we're fucked. Like this is not going to end well. Um, and thank God it was like in the middle of the day and there was like a crowd that started like yelling at us. They were like, you know, you're not allowed to jump. And I was getting killed by waves. I'm like, yeah, like I know. Um, but bottom line, I had to get jet ski rescued. Eric, <laughs> Eric, Apple had to get cliff rescued. And, uh, and it was just, uh, you know, it, it certainly made a splash. <laughs> but it's a popular cliff jumping spot. Like people do it all the time there. Um, and we just chose the, the literal worst day of like two and a half years, but. Well, I'm, gl I'm glad, I'm glad that, that you were able to make it out safe and I hope they paid you by the hour and it didn't stop until you guys were after you guys got rescued, make a couple extra dollars. You guys definitely deserved it. You made, you made the news. Everyone was talking about it. So they say no media is bad media. Yeah, that's, that's kind of been my motto for a while now. Uh, if you can't make the papers being a good lacrosse player, then just dumb shit and sure and sure enough and then you have to call like i had to call my mom and girlfriend right after that and i'm like hey like you're probably gonna see something on the news i just want to get ahead of the story and uh and i always start off those calls like hey can i tell you something without you getting mad and they're like bullshit like just tell me what the fuck happened and we'll go from there yeah that's so, the one that you you got to start with like just so you know i'm fine <laughs> and you roll into what you did who did you call first your mom or your girlfriend I call my girlfriend first. Wow. Cause I'm, I'm more scared of my mom. <laughs> Simp. It was a warm up. It was a warm up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I had to get out the kinks. I was rehearsing a script. <laughs> you, you an adrenaline junkie. You have any like near death experiences or is that just for me? Uh, I, I'll, I, I, I'm the same way. I, I think when, when push comes to shove, I'm not going to be the one, I'm not going to be the only one that pitches out, so I, I'm most likely to do something stupid. But I've never made the papers for it, so it hasn't been it hasn't done that, uh, yeah. that big of a deal. Yeah, I was going to say we got to hang out this summer. We'll we'll make the fucking <laughs> for sure. But uh, were you always a stud at lacrosse, or did you play any other sports? What was what was the deal with the come up? Yeah, um, I mean lacrosse has always kind of been my thing. Um, my nickname throughout high school was Meatball. Um, I was a little bit on the chubbier side. I, I was still getting my fashion and my look down, you know, just trying to perfect my craft. And But lacrosse was always something that, you know, helped, helped me uh, gain popularity growing up. And um, I played football throughout high school where I was actually – I played tight end and held for kicks. But I was actually the punter and um, got recruited a little bit for punting. And um, it's funny because I watched college football uh, religiously and I – remember seeing number 99 the Penn State kicker and I was oh, like wow yes. that could have been 
was like, that could have been me, but you know, here I am. Where did uh, where did you play college football? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. All right, we'll we'll just move on. Uh, what? You got, better, from... you got a better seat than me for college football. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> hey, free, free VIP pass? Come on, dog. I'll take that all day. Any <laughs> day of the week. Except and... the pads are a little heavy. It's probably not as comfortable as being uh, 15 jello shots deep in the uh, Notre Dame crowd. I know you guys are figuring into those, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> jello shots and white claws. That's what we do. And sacramental wine. We pregame with sacramental wine a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aside from Scotty Marr being a legend, why the fuck would you go to Albany? Um, it's a SUNY school. Um, the acceptance rate is off the charts. You know, you always talk, <laughs> you always talk about you always talk about numbers, right? Like I'm a numbers guy, and I see like 99.9 percent, and I'm like, wow, this is a great school. Like that's really good. So, you know, I go through the process and. Here I am getting into the 90, I'm, I'm one of the 99%. So, you know, God, greatest four crazy. years of my greatest four years of my life. Um, it was three hours away from home. So, you know, I had a little freedom, but if any, if push came to shove and I needed a good meal or my laundry done or got in a lot of trouble, I was, you know, striking distance from home and you could flee um, campus if need be in a pinch. Yeah. And when you go on a recruiting visit and most coaches shake your hand and, uh, Scotty Marr has a mullet and he daps you up and gives you a big hug and shakes you around while he's jamming Pearl Jam in his office. You're like, this is a guy I could get behind. Are there any, uh, any good stories, like any must tell about Scotty Marr? Cause all I, mean, I hear is just the, uh, just like how big of a legend he is and everything's the rumor mill, but we want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> You're calling me a horse now. I appreciate that. <laughs> horse with a barrel. <laughs> Um, my, one of my favorite things to see is, you know, after a long day of, uh, you know, going to the weight room and watching everyone lift at six in the morning and then, you know, going and chowing a three plate at the dining hall and going to class and, you know, getting a nap in and then going to practice and you just see coach Mar walking through the hallways with his flip flops and his big straw hat on and he's just got a smile on his face and. You say you ask him how his day's going, and he's like, "Well, I just played thirty six rounds of golf and got Chipotle, so <laughs> my day's not bad. How's yours?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm great. Can't wait. Can't wait to go out to practice and get hit by lacrosse balls all day." And he's just the man. He's always good to put a smile on your face. He's someone that's got your back no matter what, and uh, he makes lacrosse fun. He, uh, it, it didn't feel like it was uh, uh, obligor obligatory. Yeah. <laughs> Obligatory. <laughs> Obligatory. That, There's that Albany education, baby. <laughs> 99. That wasn't a question on the SAT. Hence the audio book. Hence the audio book. <laughs> just better that way. I learned more. Um, but he's just the man. He kept lacrosse fun. Um, those were probably Must be nice. my life. Does he ever uh, – would he ever get pissed? Like, I feel like he's just always in a good mood. But I could also see him having a little bit of a – a dark side, we'll call it. Did he? Did he ever get like super fired up with you guys and and you know give you the business? Just like any other coach would, he definitely um, would get on us at times, and um, he held us accountable, and um, he just wants to see us have fun and succeed. And when that wasn't happening in practice, he definitely let us know that he wasn't happy, and that if uh, things didn't change, then you'd be seeing uh, a different side of him, and. Then he would pull out the, the whip and, 
and it, it didn't get pretty, but it didn't come out often. It was it was always deserved and earned, and that was kind of his mo. Was you earn everything you have, and when the things were going great, uh, he kept it great. And when they need to be twisted up a little bit, he twisted them up. Anything stick out there? When at one time he was super pissed, I saw your eyes flash a little bit. I saw a memory in there, I think, but I'm not gonna pry. Yeah, my freshman year. <laughs> um, <laughs> My freshman year, like my first two months, I like you're, they used the word acclimated. Like I was getting acclimated into college, kind of acclimating myself to the university and the university was acclimating itself to me. So we were like, it took a little bit to get used to, right? And um, my Twitter was, was not great. And I was saying some things about Tom Brady. I'm a big Bills fan. I tweeted a couple <laughs> things about Tom Brady that – Got me sent down to the office early, um, and then um, I didn't know they did classroom checks, and I didn't know that syllabus week was, like, mandatory. I thought it was just, like, you know, syllabus week, and um, my he, he let me know that I, I had to attend class for every class, and um, he did these things. They were called rolls where you run, and then he would blow the whistle, and you'd have to do a somersault and get back up. And I called them roly-polies when I did them, but I would run and he would blow the whistle and I'm about 70 yards down the field. I'm supposed to do five of them, so 500 yards and 70 yards on the field. I do my roll, I go to get back up, I throw up all over the turf. It's my <laughs> third week of college, trying to earn a starting spot. And then he tells me to go get the water bottle and clean the throw up off the field. <laughs> the way that he said it to me was the most terrifying thing. So I went and I took my penny off and I wrapped it up and I walked it off the thing. And then he just told me, he asked me if I used my new penny to clean up the throw up off the field. And I said, yes. And he was, went ballistic. He went ballistic on me. Oh, sounds like you uh, flew, flew in college real hot. Yeah. But acclimating myself. We had uh, we had some guy, Evan, I'd be curious to hear if they did it at Syracuse, but they had this presentation where like these two guys, scrubbed everybody's on the team's social media and found like the worst tweets the worst like you remember in 2008 or whenever it was when people would be like oh my god i just hacked your facebook it's like <laughs> and it'd be like oh like you know nick Osello is gay you've been hacked ha 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 and we had these two guys that came in and had like a 196 slide powerpoint presentation of like the worst of the worst like everybody has one bad thing and then towards the end, it kind of became like the Nick Ocello. And then we had another buddy, Will Gilmartin. We became like the Nick Ocello and Will Gilmartin show. And, uh, and they like, we, that was the worst, probably most embarrassing moment in college was when they were just putting up all the tweets that like, you didn't really remember when you would just fire them off when you were hammered. And they like literally embarrassed you. And they were like, you're not going to get a job. You're not going to get hired. You're going to be a failure. And then we all had to run afterwards. You so drank, you drank hear, in college? Huh? You drank in college? You said you were drunk firing off tweets. You drank before you were 21? No, no. This was this was after junior year. Oh, I thought that was a humble brag. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was back when I had hair. That's fucking <laughs> history. Uh, Evan, you ever get in trouble with social media? You too, vanilla boy. Uh, I didn't. I don't know how. I probably should have, but <laughs> I definitely I probably wouldn't have been on the team anymore if they – Dug up our social media if I'm being That's honest. What happens when you bring coffee to coach every morning? Yeah. <laughs> In his office every day with a box of munchkins. Ways, what were what were some of your favorite collegiate games that you played in? Because I I can't imagine any of them involved me, but I you know the Cornell game had to be uh, had to be up there. 
Yeah, the, the Cornell game was definitely one of them. Um, I think the fact that I was wearing uh, ripped up uh, Jordan sweatpants with the pockets out, and I think my I think my uh, fupa was hanging out a little bit when when you saw me go to to rip top ched and the picture that was snapped. I looked like Michael Jordan, but the lacrosse version, and I'm like, yo, I'm the next MJ. Like that's when it all clicked. I'm like, I'm the next MJ. And humble. Yeah, very humble. And not to mention after we go and celebrate the win, Sports Center Top Ten comes on and I'm in my jorts and cut off flannel and next thing you know, I'm on Sports Center, you know, hanging out with a couple twos and threes, SUNY twos and threes, and you know, the rest is kind of history. So I was fired up about that. That game was awesome. Um another game that was pretty memorable to me was um UMBC. Um we just – it was my senior year. We never lost a conference game. I think we were 28-0 in conference, three-time America East, you know, uh, never lost a regular season game. And we go and play UMBC, who was struggling that year. And it was our last game of the season. And um, we were seniors, and we didn't make the best decisions all the time. And we made a decision to go check out the area and – um, that next game, I let one kid score 10 goals on me, Nate Lunas, and we won in, over, in overtime, 14-13. One kid had 10 goals, and I had two saves. And um, that was definitely a, a memorable game for me. How bad were the goals? Were they, like, bad? He scored 10 times on me in a four-quarter <laughs> lacrosse game. That's – what is that, two and a half goals a quarter? He was scoring half goals on me. That's how bad I was. They were like half across the line and would come back out. I mean, I str- I struggled. It was my worst game to date. And, you know, I remember I remember being a senior and being like, you know, I'm almost done with school and my doo-doo don't stink. And it reminded me that my doo-doo definitely does stink. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of eye-opening. And But we celebrated the win after, so it was, it was all good. I've uh, so I've gotten to know a decent amount of Albany players. Uh, Matt Bertrams, I just got the invite to his wedding. Um, John Maloney, uh, Matt Garziano, and you know just some of the beauties. And it seems like you guys really weren't weren't fans of Notre Dame. Who was your least favorite team that you played against? And was <laughs> it us? And you don't have to lie for the pod. It definitely was you guys. Um, <laughs> I tell a funny I tell a funny story, but obviously. You know, Matty Ice got his nickname, and um, you had one of your six collegiate goals that game, and it was on <laughs> me. And I tell a funny story, and not many people know this story, actually, but I was in the Virgin Islands um, with my father, and it was Same Christmas thing. time, and the Sports Center Top 50 Plays of the Year come on, and here is this Mr. Clean-looking ass sliding across the crease, trying to catch himself like a hamster on a, on a wheel, Gets back up and flicks one by me, and it's on, it's on it's the twenty number twenty five play on Sports Center top ten plays of the year. It's Christmas, nonetheless. The, the lights are on, the presents are under there, and you know I couldn't help to feel embarrassment. I couldn't help to feel the irony that I was on uh, in the Virgin Islands, and this guy scored on me, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. So the hate built was a buildup from that time on. Like the hate was always there. It just, All right, that's yeah, it was just a slow buildup. Like, well, we, we, not we, like levels by Avicii, but like more of like a slower buildup. 
Like, like Malloy, Malloy, can you do like an example? You know what I'm talking about, like a. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like the Jaws theme. Yeah, we'll get a beat you build up in. Yeah, I hate Notre Dame. We we got us. Uh, I going to try to plug that fucking goal in every single episode. <laughs> Thirty-two for two. <laughs> oh, you remember the deal I made with you? But we'll get to that when the time's being. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to steer that clear. But thank you. <laughs> well, it, it was always interesting because we we hated you guys strictly because it looked so fun to play for you guys. And we, like, I remember that game uh, when I scored that goal. Sick brag. Um, and. That was the most scared of a of a crowd and a stadium that I've ever been because it was the Hofstra Stadium and it was the biggest sellout and the loudest crowd I'd ever heard in a lacrosse game still to this day. And 96% of the fans were Albany fans. And then we had like the Notre Dame parents and brothers and sisters. And uh and it was after you guys scored, it sounded like a golf it sounded like a golf match, someone hitting a good shot, and then we would score. <laughs> And people are getting thrown up in the air. And, yeah, I remember it like it was – some would argue it was the best college lacrosse game that ever took place. I would argue that. Well, Syracuse-Cornell. Yeah, that was also there. a good one. Either, either way, one. I just remember hating you because we, we – it was literally like the, the storylines of like, oh, you know, we have the Thompsons. They're the most electric. Like, they're running gun. They're having fun. And then you have the very technically sound X's and O's, like you know, overhand. Yeah, we won a game. We won a game four to three the year before that we played you. Like, if you're winning a game four to three, like that's the most boring game that you'll ever play. It was like Redwoods Chaos, and I just remember hating you, but it was only from a place of jealousy. And I remember at one point when uh, I think it was like Cav that hit the post, and then it went right to Bertram's, maybe. Yeah, it went to Ryan Fierstein. It rang off the crossbar for a fast break. Yeah, like tink, and it, it like led him. And we were like, oh, shit, here we were thinking that God was on our side. But no, it's like, I was like, hey, listen, if we're going to lose, like at least we're going to lose to a team that we can root for. Uh, and then, you know, we ended up winning, but it was always like you guys never were – like we didn't hate playing you. We were always just jealous that you would have so much goddamn fun because if we tried to backhand, we would have been on the end line for five days in a row. <laughs> no one likes that. And then the year after, we played you guys in Denver, and the we were lightning. winning. And, and, and then the lightning delay, and it was like a two-and-a-half-hour delay. And I remember Sergio uh, Perkovic freaking launched one off my toe, and after the game, my toe's like this. We lost the game. Our season's over, and then they come in to drug test us, and I'm one of the names selected. So I'm screaming at the lady saying, you know, why does it matter? I'm freaking done. My foot's broken. Like, everyone gets the hell away from me. And they're like, you got 10 minutes to pee or your, your squat. Like, you're going to be in trouble your senior year. And here I am having some dude look at me like this after I just lost the game and my toes broken, watching me take a tinkle into a cup. And I'm like, this might be the worst day of my life right now. Did you have the uh, – I remember because I had to do the same thing, and I was too hydrated. They were like, no, we need, like, dehydrated piss. Humble so brag. I eating crackers and then just, like, saving up. And it literally took me, like, two and a half hours to get out of, like, the little guy that was taking a peek at your pecker. I was like, dude, like, fuck off. Like, we need to go – we need to leave. And Denver is my hometown, too. So I was, like, ready to go out and party with all my buddies. And, like, my parents were like, yo, where are you at? 
I was like, I, this guy's like, has binoculars trying to look at my piece while I'm peeing into a cup and it was too hydrated. I, that made me lose my mind. But uh, I did have a cool backhand goal in that game too. So maybe that's uh, something we can talk about later. <laughs> I got drug tested after we lost my fifth year, like my last year too. And I, it took me probably two and a half hours. I had to get in the shower just to piss. And I'm just like, your season's over. You want to get the fuck out of there. And they're just like, not go anywhere. I don't even know what they're feeling. What do they do? Like, do take your wins away? Like, you can't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you, <laughs> what? you Fire me. I oh, you took my You took my wins away that everybody's going to forget hey, about. Hey, I'm older than you. Stop this. <laughs> oh, uh, one last question about college. Were any, like, attackmen or anybody salty when they would put you in at man up? Or were you just like, listen, like, I'm fucking better than you? Yeah, so actually – I got recruited to Albany. Coach Marr saw me at the Syracuse shootout playing attack. So he'd even recruit me as a goalie, and I explained to him that I was a goalie. And um, he was like, oh, sick. Like, we, we can use another goalie. We got one in your class, but you, you can come too, and you can play a man up, whatever. You're hefty-lefty, let her fly. I'm like, all right. And um, the first day of practice, I got all the pads, the attack pads, the goalie pads. I'm like, whatever. A week goes by. We start doing man up, man down. And he's like, hey, you got your short stick? And I'm like, no. And he's like, go get it. And I was like, he's, I was like, I'll just take one of these guys' backups or one of their sticks. Like, I don't really care. I'll just grab any stick and play with it. So I grab, I grab Derek Eccles' stick, and I'm playing with it. And he's a lefty, too. And, I, and, I, and I, they're like, yeah, you're on man up now. And I just remember seeing his face. He's a midfielder, a lefty with a hard shot. I just took a stick out of his hands to go play man up in practice. <laughs> and I got the spots mine. But, um, you know, what goes around comes around. So um, two years later, um, I actually, we were playing Vermont. Uh, we were playing UMass Lowell, who it was their first year. And it wasn't going to be a great game. And his mom used to make the best jam ever, like the best jam ever, strawberry jam. You could eat it. You could eat it out the, the, the mason jar. And he brought a PB&J sandwich to the game. And I was like, yo, let me get that PB&J. And he's like, he's like, I'll give you this PB&J if you tell Coach you don't want to play man up today. No lie. Coach Mar walks down. I said, Coach, my, I, I don't want to play man up today. My stick's not that good. Like, I'm wearing sweatpants. It's cold. I'm like, I can't play man up. I was like, put Derek in. And he's like, all right. Gave me the sandwich. Derek had an assist on man up celebrates with me we won the game 25 to nothing shut out and I, my stomach was full I was warm I was a happy man so that, you know I'm full circle what goes around comes around you're good to me I'm good to you and that's the greatest that is you traded the starting man up position for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with, with homemade jam strawberry blockbuster jam. deal blockbuster yeah. deal unbelievable I think Shefty broke that soon after the game <laughs> God damn. I think um, we, uh, not that we don't love talking about Albany because you got your full of stories, but I think we'll move on to the pros because we got a lot to talk about there too. Um, welcome to the show. Yeah. I honestly, <laughs> since we're talking about the man up, I want to get to like how the hell you got in a box and like that sort of story. Cause I was honest. I mean, I know you can play attack, but I was like pretty shocked when no, personally goals and yeah, I know from experience. Why don't you talk a little bit? You've been quiet. Why don't you? How do, <laughs> how do you know that I can play attack? I don't know. I've just seen some videos and stuff. I'm crazy. 
You know, you, you remember, you know, Lake Placid, New York, where the Lake Placid Summit Tournament goes on? You don't yeah. remember turning and raking five times? And I, I do, was, I do. I was the chubby think, guy with the traditional stick in the box helmet ripping you up. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, oh, you remember now. I was out later than you the night before, though. <laughs> oh, that's true. I was there to 158. I wanted to beat the crowd. Bars closed at two. <laughs> Crap, man. Um, no, I kind of, I kind of like, you know, I was a lax rat, you know, I, I love the game and I started off as an attackman growing up in, in like third or fourth grade, I broke the goalie's hand and my dad's like, yo, you got to play goalie. Now that you heard us broke his hand, we need a goalie. And I had all the pads on and I looked like the guy from the Christmas story. I was all padded up. I'm like, dude, I'm not wearing these pads. Like, he's like, well, if you get hit and cry, you're not playing goalie anymore. And I got hit in a tournament by Greg Koholin. Um, he played a couple games in the PLL. He went to Virginia. He's a yeah, hard sure. Yeah, we're in fifth grade, and my everyone goes running the sideline, and my dad's like, what happened? And the ref said, your goalie called the timeout, and I ran off the, the field to cry because <laughs> it hurt so bad. And after that, he got me all my own goalie stuff. But um, growing up, it was always like on travel teams, you'd play – the goalies would only play a half, so the other half I would play offense. So I always played offense growing up, and – goalie and then when I got to Albany I played man up in my freshman year summer of, uh, after college Ty Thompson um, was like hey why don't you come to the res and try out for the box across team and I went down there and um, the, the, you know they're eating foods called putins which are fries gravy and cheese curds and I'm like oh dude I love this place like I can get used to this place and I made the team and I played three years of junior B lacrosse and um, we won a founders cup which is the Junior B National Championship. And uh, that year, 2015, I got selected on the USA indoor team, and I was the only collegiate guy on the team. And I got to miss like two and a half weeks of school to be in Syracuse. Dude, those were the best. That was the best week of college when yeah. you were all there. Yeah, we tore it up. Yeah. yeah, we tore it up. <laughs> Shout out Harry's, Mind Eraser. How you doing? <laughs> but that was kind of the start of my – I started when I was 18, and that was kind of – it was for fun and to do something in the summer. And when I got that opportunity and experienced that, I was like, I'm going to do both. And here I am today until some 18-year-old Canadian decides to come in and take my spot. Wait, you spent the whole week in Syracuse. And did you just end up going out every night with, like, the Syracuse team? Or what was that? You guys were, like, laughing like little girls. Dude, it was fucking unbelievable. That, so they had, like, the World Box Championship in the Dome. They put, like, the basketball court up. And it, it was a sickest – for box. Yeah, Joel White was on our team, Casey yeah. Powell. So we had Syracuse legends that all the all the bars are on there like, oh my God, Casey's here. Oh my God, Joel's here. And we're there. They're handing us fish bowls with Swedish fish in them and <laughs> Crystal Palace to the brim. We got wristbands <laughs> that allow us to get these shots called mind erasers. And I was still in college, so I'm like, yeah, this is fair game. It's hunting season. So I was going and I was going crazy, and um, my best friend Derek DeJoe went to Syracuse, so it just kind of lined up perfectly. I was he didn't come out though. I was yeah, he didn't come out. No, he he was studying and playing with Drake Dog, but I got exempt for school for two weeks, so I made the best of it. Fuck, that sounds Dude, awesome. We were we were playing with like Randy was on the team, or yeah. he was just on the team. Like he was still on campus, and he was obviously on the Iroquois team. So like those guys, he was bringing all those guys out, like all the Canadians out. I remember. 
Mark Matthews was at the bar. He like, oh my god, begging for the bartender's attention. He's a huge guy, obviously, and like the chick's just not looking at him, like because he's being a little obnoxious with his hands and shit. Finally, she goes over to him and he orders eleven strawberry daiquiris, and she's just like, "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> it was so, that was like the funniest week. We were just going out with those guys like pretty much every night. Yeah, Dude, we got to get Mark on. I've I've heard some legendary stories about him and the crimson and gold, and like just pouring, like stealing the bottle of like Jack Daniels from behind the bar and like pouring it into the crowd. And it's kind of like I feel so jealous that I wasn't there because the Iroquois and the U.S. and like all that shit. That sounds like the wrecking crew of wrecking crews going out to bars. It was great, dude. I honestly, like, that kind of slipped my mind, Blaze. I'm glad you brought that back up. Man. I will mention Stephen Keogh, Team Ireland. Ex-Syracuse <laughs> guy. He was dude, the, I remember he came up to me with his buddy who was, was straight from Ireland. I could barely understand him. He's like, look what happened when I was playing you guys. And I'm like, he, and he's, I'm like, what? And he's like, look at my hamstring. And his hamstring from his ass to the – Bottom of his ankle was the most black and blue thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, dude, you definitely just tore your hamstring. Like, why are you walking around Harry's right now getting bumped around by 18-year-old college kids? Like, go home. Like, get a bottle of Jack Daniels. Elevate. Ice. Like, and Keo's like, no, he's good. And he's putting him in a headlock. And I'm like, I'm out of here, guys. I'm out of here. Yeah, I could talk about that week forever. Yeah, right. Blaze, not to uh, not to change it, but I actually just got a text from Ryder Garnsey as we speak. He goes, "I just woke up and saw Blaze tag me in a tweet. What do I do?" <laughs> <laughs> tell tell him it's for clickbait for the for the podcast. Uh, I did, I said some about that, and he said, "You can tell him he's lucky I was riding Pine at the point you guys had enough, had a fight. I would have had some strongly worded things to say to him without getting involved physically whatsoever." So. <laughs> We have a guest appearance from text from Ryder Garnsey. Tell, tell him that he would be taking pictures of Sergio Perkovic watching the fight while he's modeling. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the one that started the whole it – was, it was him and – it was him and Glissini that originally – It was Perkovic and Glissini. And by the way, I've been – That's for another time. Listen, we're not going to talk about that. We're over that. Actually, let's talk about it. All right, we're talking about it. Yeah. Let's go from how it started, how it started – from both perspectives, let's get into it because this. Yeah, Evan, started the it. Talking. Evan, the men are talking. We're, we're, we're going to mute Evan. <laughs> um, so why, like, do you just think Troy Ray is like a little bitch? Because boy, did you come in hot having his back. And in the post game interview or that interview right after, you were like, "Oh, you know, I had to go in and help out my buddy Troy." We were having our own little beef after Jack Rallett almost killed me. So oh, why don't you let the defense handle it themselves? Listen, that. That's no, that's no surprise that Jack Rowlett came in, arms up, hands apart, steel leading, because I remember him telling me, he's like, dude, I'm going to have to lay, lay off a little bit. Like, I've been fined three times already for, you know, a, a, like high hits, late hits. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll pay your next fine. Like, keep hitting. We need a hitter. But, yeah, no, it just happened right out in front of my crease, and I remember training camp, you were smacking jewels around a little bit. And I was like, I was like, oh, he played college football and I didn't. So, no, but actually, I, it was just like heat of the moment. Like, it was a scrum. It was mayhem. People were just shoving, shoving, grabbing. And I just remember having latched on to you. And, like, you were kind of fighting me a little bit. And, like, 
wiggling and I was like, I'm like, enough with the wiggle. So I slammed you and I got up and the ref puts his arms in. So I'm like, yes, like it's over. <laughs> like it's got him like suck it, buddy. And next thing you know, I just get rocked. He dropped, he has my stick. You have my stick in my, your armpit. I'm like, give me my fucking stick back. And you just lift up your arm like a chicken wing. The stick drops and you just clock me through the refs. And here, you know, is Newman, Glacini, all these guys that were like starting the fight. And they're all just looking at me and my helmet's all crooked. I'm like, you know, I, I thought it was going to be mayhem after that. But I was a little disappointed. So I, I remember that distinctly because I remember uh, like Glacini and Perkovic were like making out on the ground or doing whatever they do. Yeah. And then Troy Ray comes in and like baseball swings. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I got to go address that. You know, because I'm the self-proclaimed enforcer. So I just go to literally just scrum it up, like not even really do much. And fucking, I'm just like, okay, you know, hey, don't do that. But it's, it's nothing's going to happen. And then Rowlett comes and fucking kills me. And that's how my helmet got knocked off. And then so I'm like, all right, Troy, wait right there. I'll get to you in a second. And then I turn to Rowlett and I'm like, okay, now I have to address you. And as soon as I turn to Rowlett, I'm like, I, I feel this fucking bear hug come behind me. And I'm like, what? Like, did, what you, is feel any, did you feel anything in your back? <laughs> yeah, I felt something on my lower thigh is what I did. You were a little too excited. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm looking up at the sky and wham. And so I'm like, really? Like, I get cross-checked. I get body slammed. Like, that's the green light to punch someone. And the, the stupidest thing was that your helmet was on and my glove was on. And I had no helmet on. So when I, when I punched you, I kind of was like, like whoever body slammed me, I was just getting ready to punch. And so I punched and then I'm like, oh fuck, that was the goalie. I'm going to get my ass beat. And then as soon as they punched, everyone was like, oh, Jesus, dude, like not the goalie. Like he had a helmet on. What are you a fucking idiot? Like, just get out of here. So like when Newman came over to address me and like Glacini, they were like, yeah, like that, that was just stupid. Like he had his helmet on, like, let's let it's, it's over now. Like you kind of ruined all the fun. Um, and then I was pissed because they were trying to get me kicked out of the game when I had just gotten like absolutely fucked up by like four separate guys on your team. So I don't know. I feel like you were too. Oh, you're, so Ray you're saying it was a four on one. It's kicking my ass. <laughs> so you're saying it was a four on one. You were in the right, I'm in the wrong, and you won. Is that what you're claiming right now? I certainly didn't win. I'm saying that I got my ass kicked by, like, three separate guys before I even got one punch off. That was bullshit. Uh, no, it was – honestly, it, 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 that's all that is. That's heat of the competition. And, I like, at the time, like, I didn't even really know who it was. Like, it happened so quick. But uh, the, the part that I remember that was, that was hilarious is – you're pumping up the crowd. The refs are all mingling, trying to get us thrown out of a game. It's a contact sport. I'm sitting there readjusting my helmet, and Walters is pretending like he's going to charge over at our bench, and Nat's holding him back. And I've known Joe for a long time, and I'm like, Joe, you ain't going to get your shoes scuffed. Like, you're not doing anything. Like, go back on the sideline. And we end up getting let back in the game. And the next shot that I took was, and hopefully we can find the film. I'm sure it's in the highlights somewhere. Joey Sankey catches the ball in the crease and shoots an underhand shot. And it lands between where my helmet ends in my neck and just gets stuck in my neck. So I just got punched in the face two minutes earlier. And then I got a ball shot right at my neck and I'm in the net and I can feel like my heartbeat, like so 
like I can feel like it's right here, like right on my neck, and I'm like, this could be it. Like, this is it for me. <laughs> well, we, I, ended I, up, we ended up winning that game, so it felt good. It felt yeah, good. you did no T. Um, yeah, my stick was strung bad that game. But I do remember as I was in the air, there was like a split second where I was like, holy shit, like he must have been working out in the offseason because I'm not a light guy. I think I was like 225, 230 at the time. And it was like you were lifting up a bag of chips. You were just like, oh, like might as well throw like a perfect suplex. And I don't know, I, I grew up wrestling and I was like, fuck, I haven't felt this since I was a little kid. And like, you know, my dad made me wrestle against the older kids just flying through the air like a rag doll. So yeah, keep keep well, keep working out, man. You you got a strong back. I'll tell you that, that. It, that's not working out. That's that's picking Rambo off the couch every night to bring him up to his bed. It's like wrestling a war hog, getting him up there. I'm like, come on, you're going up the bed, carrying him, and that's kind of that's what it reminded me of a little bit. But I was actually trying to put you to sleep, to sleep this time, not. Yeah, well, and it's funny because I, I did mention it before. You absolutely killed me on Twitter. I was like, all these little kids are like, yeah, you know, are you and Blaze going to get in a fight again, this and that? And I'm like, I want to have a beer with the guy every time I see him. It's like, we're, it, it's it's funny because they're, they're expecting like this whole bad blood. They're like, yeah, so are you going to kick Blaze's ass? And I'm like, oh, he's not even close to like the top 10 hit list of guys that I would want to punch in the face. It, he just happened to be there. So Yeah, right. No, it's, it's funny because, you know, I'm old school in the fact that, you know, like I'm like talk is cheap and that happened and you have all these, you know, Patagonia dads and country club dads on Twitter saying, oh, you set the worst example ever for my kid. And you like click on their page and you find a tweet from their kid and you scroll through their stuff. And here's this kid of internet bullying people and, you know, name calling over the internet. And I'm old school in the fact like, I gained respect from stuff like that. Like it was heat of the competition. It wasn't, you know, it was then and there and it happened and then it was over. It wasn't, you know, nowadays everyone just talks and, you know, it says what they're going to do and says stuff behind people's back and through the internet. And, you know, men will be men and that's part of competition and that's part of respect. And I gained the, you know, that that's nothing personal there. I'll tell you that uh, that whole thing made me actually like Rowlett more because, like, I just hate UNC guys in general. And then I was like, uh, you know, like when everything wound down, I was like, you know what, fuck yeah, good for him for being about the action instead of just, uh, you know, tweeting me after the game. So I actually, you know, as much as I hate UNC guys, I was like, all right, I kind of like this Rowlett guy because he was in there scumming it up. <laughs> Which, it's good that you kind of talked about that trash talk. Perfect segue into something that you already know we're going to bring up. Um, the whole Godette situation. You want to, like, give us a brief rundown? I know I have some questions about it, but wanted to get your thoughts before, uh, you know, before we dive into it. Yeah, just, you know, first game rookie, <laughs> you know, coming at me. I'm four years into the league. You know, put a lot of miles in, missed a lot of flights. Got some pretty small MLO paychecks along the way. I was the guy that was the one getting two-pointer shot on me after practice the night before a game. And, you know, I, I earned respect of a lot of people in the league. And he just came in and for 48 minutes straight, man, he didn't lay off. And and it's part of the game, man. Talking junk's part of the game. It's heat of the competition. And, you know, as a professional athlete, we have uh, followings. And, you know, we're so, – you're – in my eyes, you're trying to leave a legacy and set a good example for the next generation to come. And, you know, he's a Yale grad and it's a, it's a pretty prestigious school. And 
he goes on live air with Ryan Boyle um, when there's thousands and thousands of people watching, including my friends and family, and he's unprofessional and he disrespects me. And, you know, to me, that's just a clown act. It's a clown act. And, um, you know, the in-game stuff's not a problem. And it's not a problem that he wanted to go out and do that. But, you know, if you're going to run your mouth, then, then stuff's going to happen to you. And it's, you know, just surprising that he's a Yale guy and he wears a thing around his neck because he's had concussion issues and, you know, he's trying to protect his brain. But he's out there running his trap to, you know, a bunch of grown men that are hungry for competition and he hasn't really earned much to that point. So it's just kind of asking, you know, to put a bounty on your head. And to me, that's not the most intelligent thing to do. Did you talk to like the D after? Cause like, I, like if, it, if I'm a defenseman there and granted it's because I'm not really a big asset to my team, but that's like, that's hands on site and I'll gladly get kicked out of a game defending the goalie from, from some, something like that. Yeah. I think, um, I think throughout the game, I was just kind of like, I have uh, guys like Dan coach, who's an NLL guy and legend. Yeah. And he, you know, he's, he's a huge team guy and, you know, you're talking about a lot. Like, there's guys on my team that definitely respect me and have my back. And, you know, for me, like, throughout the game when he's saying stuff and we're getting beat up on a little bit, and I'm, I'm telling the guys, I'm like, you know, don't, like, don't worry about this guy. Don't worry about this guy throughout the game. And then it kind of turned into a slugfest, and they get up, like, 13-9, and there's, like, four minutes left. And he comes over, and I remember him walking right up to the crease and saying it to me. And – um, at that point, like, I was just like, whatever, whatever. And um, the game ends, and everyone's in the locker room, you know, like, oh, I should have freaking ripped this throat off. And I'm like, like, no one needs to do that. Like, we're all good. Like, let's move on. Trying to be the bigger guy. Worried about team success. And I actually put something on my Instagram story, and my dad always used to say, sometimes chickens, sometimes feathers. Mm. And that kind of refers to, like, the old hunting and gathering. Sometimes you're going to go out and sh- – shoot a chicken and you're just going to get its feathers and sometimes you get the chicken and I'm joking around about it but um I actually waited at the hotel for um him to get back and um I pulled him aside and kind of spoke my mind to him and did it in a in a in a professional manner how it should have been handled and um he, he didn't do a great job looking me in the eyes throughout it and it's just you know it's a respect thing you got to earn respect and the league, you know, guys, even including yourself, you said something to me in the hallways. You're like, that's bullshit. And, you know, that just shows the respect manner. And, you know, you respect guys in this league. And I care about my legacy. And I care about people respecting me. And I do things the right way. And um, he just set a bad example. But it is what it is. It's not like, you know, he committed a crime or he's a bad person. He just Dude, the, uh, he one, took one an unprofessional route. I remember when, like, I was watching all that, and I was it was, like, the weirdest mental spot. I was like, hey, wait a second. Like, that's my guy to fuck with. Like, that's what happened last year. Like, nobody shits on Blaze except for me. <laughs> I punched you. Did you expect, like, the, the backlash that he got? Like, obviously, everybody on Twitter was talking about it. I, I went to bat for you. Like, this kid's a fucking clown um, and played against him in college, and it's the same thing every time. But did you expect, like – I guess what what ensued after that with obviously the Redwoods game after and and just it was interesting like a random team just like totally had your back and that was definitely repercussions for what he's saying so I'm wondering if you like expected that at all I mean it's one of those things that you know like I'm proud I'm proud of the way that I carry myself and the way that I compete and you know I, I mentioned like a legacy and 
you know, I don't do much trash talking. I'm a competitor. Like there was a little ruffles when me and Ocello were getting at it, but that's not disrespect. That's not a, that's competition. And I'm a competitor. And, um, I, you know, I've had beers with guys after games and had a lot of conversations with guys and, you know, respect people that go out there and compete. And, you know, for some young buck that, you know, doesn't even have 10 goals to his name to come in and, you know, come at me. Like it wasn't really surprising to see, um, you know, I, I, it's not something that I needed. Like I, I didn't really care for that. And it got to be annoying, you know, you know, game three comes around and people are still talking about it. And, um, I'm like, man, like this guy actually got ESPN, uh, actually tweeted it out and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, it bothered me that that talk, like in my mind talks cheap. And for this kid, it was like talk was everything for him. Like he got, he got a brand name. He got a t-shirt. Like, you know, he's making money off him talking junk to me when he didn't earn anything. So the chip just got built a little bigger. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, fuck that guy. And everything's full circle. And, you know, it came around quarterfinals time and he had a hat trick, which is great on him. But um, we sent the Chrome home packing and I wore my Tony Soprano shirt. And I was like, (laughs) you know what? It's over. It's over for this kid. And uh, fair enough. You know, there it is. What, uh, were, were you happy or what was your reaction when you saw uh, Apple take it a little, you know, a little too far addressing the Gaudette situation? Because we were seeing that and we're, again, like I was like, hey, like nobody fucks with Blaze except for me. Like either punch him in the face or be friends with them. There's no middle ground. Right. Um, I wasn't very surprised at all. Um, we, we passed each other during breakfast and, you know, he mentioned that he was on his third cup of coffee and I was like, Oh, all right. And he's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a happy camper and proceeded to get his cheese stick and his uh, powdered eggs. And he walked away and I was like, Oh man, like he is not a happy camper today. And I'm sitting there on my hotel bed watching the game and I could see it getting chippy and I saw him running his mouth again. And I'm just like, this isn't going to work twice. You know, fool me one shame on me, fool me twice. You're like, you just see him put get put to the ground and pounded on a little bit, and you know you get what you deserve. You run your mouth, and that's what happens. You put the target on your back; people are gonna run at it. So that was an interesting one to defend because, like, Apple was on the ground doing whatever, and then I was I was like, yeah, like you know, fuck yeah, nice hit. And then one cross check, I was like, yep. And then you sent a message, and then the second one, and I was like, okay, you, you know, but you're still a pretty damn good defenseman on our team. Let's not get kicked out. And then all the Chrome guys rush in, and I, I was pretty conflicted about, like, you know, I'm obviously going to defend my teammate, but if that happened, like, if, if someone was doing that to one of my attackmen, I would have been like, oh, my God, like, I'm, I'm trying to kill this guy. So I was really curious. I was like, damn, good for the Chrome for having Gaudet's back that quickly yeah. and that aggressively to where I had to kind of step in because, I don't know, it's, it's really easy to talk about. But I was yeah. like, if, if Gaudet's talking all that shit and, like, someone pumps him, that's going to be difficult for me to defend. I would have gone up to Apple and been like, Hey, you know, don't do that. But. And, and it's funny because on um, that Chrome teams, all guys I played for with the Rochester and Dallas Rattlers. And then their head coach is my high school coach and my childhood idol growing up. So I have respect for all those guys. I, you know, shared a locker room with, with them for three years. And, you know, those, those are my boys. And, um, I get like, you know, like it's not the end of the world. I'm not making God out to be like he should never, you know, be looked at as a lacrosse player again and only a clown. But 
Um, it was just kind of like, you know, he got what he deserved, and and I th- I think that was handled after that. Is what it he is. Get mic'd up after that. Yeah. Yeah. True. I think that was pretty telling. As a spectator, the apple hit. You were kind of like. I mean, I was obviously team blaze. It was like, fuck yeah, like fuck him up. And then slowly was like, I don't know, this is a little too far. But yeah, I mean, totally agrees. Definitely ran his mouth a bit. Um, so last topic I want to cover about this PLL season. You can answer or not, but we do want to ask about the, the Connor Fields fiasco a bit uh, this season. Obviously, he was one of the best players in the league the year prior and then you know, you guys were struggling a little bit early on uh, in that, like, regular season, quote-unquote, portion. You uh, were kind of struggling to find your legs. And then when he got taken out of the equation, you guys kind of found found a way to put the ball in the back of that. So just kind of wanted to pick your brain on, like, what the team attitude was and, like, the vibes in the locker room. Because it's definitely weird to see, like, you're probably your best player just uh, kind of be taken out of the equation. So wanted to get your thoughts there. Yeah, it's funny that you go from talking about Dumb and Dumber to talking about my boy like that. And um, he's my boy. Um, you know, it, it's it's part of the game. It's a coach's decision. And um, he's a great teammate. And he proved that he's one of the best players in the league. And uh, it's, a, it's a quick series. It's not a full se- – it's not – you know, it's, it's four – you're guaranteed five games in eight days. And a lot changes in those times. And those don't define you as a player a couple games. and. You know, it just worked out, man. There's, what, seven teams, 20 players on each team. That's 140 players. You know, there, there's a lot of good lacrosse players that sit at home and watch the game and tweet about, you know, what they would have done in the game, like including yourself a little bit, you know. <laughs> never, play, never played a minute in the league, but you'll, you'll tell him, you know, he should have had that one low to high. But, you know, everyone can sit there and eat buff chick dip and talk about what they would have done. But he's proven that he's, he's a great player. and. You know, it's it's a team sport, and uh, you know, it, we we made it to the championship and fell short to a a, a good Whip Snakes team. But uh, he's my boy, and he's 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 the real deal, and he'll be he'll be turning heads, especially Callum's, uh, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I mean, he seems he seems like a great guy. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, I'm Team Godet now after that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Do uh, um, do you and do you and Rambo bring uh, PLL stuff into the house? I mean, does he like talk shit if he scores on you or if you stuff him or something? No, he knows better than to talk shit. But um, in our hallway of our townhouse, humble brag, not an apartment townhouse. Um, we have our jerseys on the wall, and the wall's not wide enough for them to be side by side. So his gets to go up a little higher than mine. They're like diagonal, so his is up there. And the PLLs stupid because they put a, a crown on the top of their jerseys after they won the championship. So his jersey has a crown on it and mine doesn't. And I walk by it to go to bed every night. So I don't think much more needs to be said after that. Beauty. And then we'll get into some more fun stuff. So it's always like Chef Rambo, Chef Blaze. Are you guys actually good cooks? Um, I'm, I'm a good cook, uh, as, you you can, make? as you can probably see. It's funny you <laughs> ask what I make. I got – I got my air fryer. I get my air fryer going. I make oh. everything. I make a little bit of everything. We're good for Taco Tuesdays almost every Tuesday. We use ground turkey instead of ground beef. We're healthy. We make taco salad. Uh, I make turkey burgers. I've been making chicken drumsticks in the air fryer. Um, make breakfast every morning. I can pretty much make anything, and we still eat out a lot. Um, <laughs> What's your go-to you know dish? I'm a big air fryer guy. 
I, I'm starting to become a big air fryer guy. It's, it's, I like I said, I I usually like once a week I'll just post this huge thing on Instagram and my girlfriend. Was that you me. that was making the uh the cow chips? Did you make cow chips on there or Brussels? No. no? Dude, I made Brussels sprouts. <laughs> no, I, I I was scrolling through and I saw someone put up a recipe for cow chips and I was like, ah, oh, this 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 isn't it. No, I made uh, I made hash browns, I made French fries, I made wings. Uh up up on deck this week is salmon actually i heard that's good did you catch but, it with uh, your hands or your mouth do i what did you catch the salmon with your hands or your mouth yeah i live in denver i caught it at the store oh yeah see you're not upstate what's your go-to uh dish please to whip up Shit. yeah for a date too for a date like you want to impress yeah for a date i don't go on i don't do dates <laughs> this is in case my girl's watching i don't do dates <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um fuck that's a good question i make a i make a ton of shit man we I don't know, Ram- Rambo, what do you think my best dish is uh, uh cheesesteak <laughs> yeah i make good stuffed peppers i make a good meatloaf jeez it took him up it took him long enough oh. to eat Hey, he's stuffing his face with a cheesesteak now. He said he's he's the captain of the thick boys. <laughs> yeah, he's lucky that I just ended barrel season. Otherwise, that would be me. <laughs> That's why but, you're drinking White Claws? Yeah, it sucks, but is what it is. I'm down five pounds in like a week. So, All right. He, let's, just, started, uh, he just started drinking out of this big water bottle that he got, and it says like 7 a.m., like, come on, attack the day, and then it's like 8 8- AM where the water is supposed to be. And it's like, you got this, like, keep going. And then it's like 9 AM, like drink, 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 like thumbs up. And it just, it reminds them to stay hydrated throughout the day. And, and what a loser. <laughs> get, us a, get us a snapshot of that. We'll post it. All right. I'll send one. <laughs> um, but no, did you, uh, you ever played the game of least favorites? You know how it works? I'm guessing I'll tell you what my least favorite thing is. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty I'll much... i with you. <laughs> All uh, right, we're going to end the podcast now. It's over. <laughs> All right, what, what do we got here? No, it's because, it's like, it's those bullshit conversations when you're, like, a rookie and people are like, what are your favorite songs? <laughs> like, that's bullshit. So you get to know each other based off of the least favorite things. What's yeah. your least favorite alcoholic beverage and why? Um, I'd probably say O'Doul's. Because it doesn't have alcohol on it. Let me so let me beverage. What's your least favorite alcoholic <laughs> beverage? For fuck's sake! <laughs> doesn't it say that if there's 0.5 alcohol in it? I know that's enough to get you Notre Dame guys drunk. So that's an alcoholic beverage. God damn! Trying to have a good time, and I just get ricochet shot with the Notre Dame. But yeah, I mean, I'm my least favorite beverage. Um, probably beet juice. Never had it, never will. Okay. Great, great answer. <laughs> Your worst drink, like the worst alcoholic drink. Because, like, mine's, mine's Fireball because I got way too shit-faced on it like a million times in a row, and now I hate it. Oh. Oh, okay. My least favorite alcoholic drink. Yeah, stay with me here. Come on. Sorry, I've been drinking alcoholic drinks. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't hear the question. Um, shit. Uh, I would say probably uh, Natty Daddies. Really? Yeah. 
They're a dollar fifty a slice, twenty four ounces in college, so it's best bang for buck. But they taste like pure gasoline. I would I would have never guessed that. Good for you, Natty. Any Daddy? horror story with a Natty Daddy, or you just are sick of it? <laughs> I don't remember any of them. That's why I hate them. <laughs> All right, then what's uh, what's your least favorite uh, like road trip place to play? Least favorite, least favorite place to play. Now, I'd probably say I'd probably say Georgia. Um, and then, uh, we go out there, and they just don't have that many fans, and their turf's always like pretty rockety, mm-hmm. and yeah, you get shocked every time you go through the boards. So it's like it's just. Do you go to that like weird tiki restaurant across the street from the hotel? Yeah, and yeah, uh, I forget what it's that called. That place is great. Yeah, and then the TGIFs, we got, went in there on a Friday to get uh, all you can eat apps before the game, and they had a, a DJ, and his volume was up to the max, and he was spinning in the TGIFs. And I was like, <laughs> I can get used to this, actually. I like this. But, God. Yeah. You were eating all you can eat apps before the game? Spinach and artichoke dip. I'm healthy. <laughs> good uh evan anything else we want to cover yeah i do have i have one more question i have to ask um so like my freshman year did joe would not stop talking about you like i have a i had an image before i met you of like this paul bunyan figure who could like literally do everything because he'd be like blaze is the best at at darts like blaze is the best at tying his shoes like whatever it was he would be the best at i know we already talked about like the punting and football which is like a perfect example of this but do you have any, like, what's your, like, most obscure hidden talent that, you know, people might not expect? I'm sure it's a lot, but. <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up because I was just talking to Joe, like, two weeks ago, and he mentioned that, and because I just beat Sergio Salcido in golf, humble brag, and he mentioned, nice. he mentioned in your old Syracuse group that he's like, yeah, Blaze is God, he just beat Sergio in golf, and he says that it, it seems to piss you off a little bit when he talks about me being God, so. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's just like a podcast thing where you guys are both like jealous, like you guys are both a jealous type, or if it's just me that makes you jealous. I'll let you guys figure that out on your own time. But um, I would probably say my best hidden talent is that, like, I can do I can do a headstand like pretty crazy, like going to a tripod and swing my legs around and kind of like spin around a little bit. And yeah, for a big for a big dog, it, it's it's not the prettiest sight, but I'm pretty good at it. Nice. Well, I'd like to challenge you to a golf match followed up by like a wrestling match sponsored by Prego or something like that. Cause I'm sick of hearing about you all that, but side note. Yeah. Sergio, uh, your boy came at me on Twitter and it is career real quick. And uh, <laughs> well, it's funny because that. it's funny because Ryder commented underneath that this should be in whatever the opposite of the hall of fame is. And I, and after I said that thing, after I tweeted back at you, which was like friendly fire, you know, just trying to put a little clickbait out there. I'm like, shit like he's not liking it Ocello's not liking it like this is pretty deep but fuck it they went at my boy Serge the other day and I go back to look at the tweet to make me feel better and it's all deleted and I'm like oh shit man like here I I am on a lonely island (laughs) (laughs) well and I'll uh, I'll get ready to fire back here but I was I was having some wi-fi issues and as you clearly saw at the beginning of the episode we do not have our shit together whatsoever so uh, no harm, no foul. I'll probably uh, include you on a positive Friday meme or video or something like that. Ricochet shot. And then we can just go from there. Perfect. Look forward Beauty. to it.
Well, uh, thanks for joining, Blaze. Always a pleasure. I'm sure it won't be too long before I see you in person and we can hammer a couple drinks. And uh, thanks for everything, brother. For sure. You guys enjoyed the night. Thanks for having me, yeah. fellas. Thank you, man. Best, best part of the game is the post game. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Huge shout out to Blaze Reardon for joining Nick and I for that interview. What a great interview that was. Tons of laughs, some awesome, awesome stories. And Blaze even threw a couple of chirps at Nick and I, which is always refreshing to have. That'll wrap us up, though, for episode two of the post game. Thank you all for listening and tune in next week for episode three.